You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Plenty to get to ahead on this edition. We're going to talk about BYU football's 34-17 victory over Georgia Southern. Also recap a BYU basketball win over Central Methodist as they move to 4-0 on the season. And of course, recap the weekend in other BYU sports. Two national championships, two individual national champions calling BYU home. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor, Sonos, the official sponsor of ESPN's college football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's dive on in on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 22nd, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there and had a fantastic weekend, a big weekend for BYU sports, winning across the board, it seems like. Championships being won, both national and conference. So a lot to get to ahead on today's show, but first, an Apology to you guys over the weekend. I usually do postcast editions after each BYU football game and get your guys' comments on the show, that type of stuff. And uh, I went to go do that Saturday night. I had some other responsibilities to handle, and I sat down to do it, and technology got in the way. Let's just put it that way. I uh, could not access the files I need to do that, and luckily enough, got those resolved on today, Sunday, when I recorded this episode. And got the files I needed to get today's episode posted, but apologies, just uh, didn't anticipate having issues like that, but things happen. So there we go. Uh, So let's talk about BYU football as we kick off today's show. The Cougars ranked 14th in the country in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, They did stay steady in the coaches poll and they they moved up a spot in the AP poll. So the Cougars are 15th in the coaches poll, 13th in the AP poll, and also the Super 16 poll put up by the FWAA has BYU still sitting at 14. So BYU still sitting around where they sit in the college football playoff rankings. Those new rankings from the CFP committee will come out tomorrow evening and obviously we'll react to those later on in the week. But BYU gets a win and I, I, a lot of you out there, I think that there is a misconception about what BYU is expected to accomplish. And let me explain a little further. That's a very broad statement and it, it paints with a broad brush. So my apologies for using that. But the, the thing about this is that BYU went to Georgia Southern and Georgia Southern tried to do exactly what Coastal Carolina did last year. And what I mean by that, they tried to control the ball. They tried to intimidate BYU with some physical play and chippy play, I guess is a better term for it. And they just try to get in BYU's head. The one thing about uh, this Georgia Southern team is they are nowhere near the level of Coastal Carolina, and BYU overcame it via a 34-17 victory. Let's also be clear about one thing. Some people said that BYU didn't put up enough style points, etc. That's not Kalani Satake's style. If you think that he's going to change who he is now as a head coach and start to throw it to the end zone just to put up style points... 
I'd like him to. Trust me, I, you probably heard me talk about earlier last week that I wanted to see BYU in this game in particular try and put up some style points. But it's just not Kalani's style. It's, it's not who he is as a head coach. So BYU got the win. They withstood everything that Georgia Southern threw at them, and they handled it. And Kate, okay, let me also be clear about this. I saw some of you, the first half of this game, BYU only led it 20-17, to 17, and Obviously, it's a little disappointing considering you thought BYU, and I thought BYU was going to come out and just boat race Georgia Southern. It was a bit disappointing, but the defense, by and large, did exactly what you wanted them to do. They limited Georgia Southern to 268 yards in the first half. 175 of that came in the first half when Georgia Southern scored all their points. In the second half, BYU made adjustments at halftime and limited GSU to just 93 yards in the second half. I don't know how much more you can really ask for from this BYU defense. Obviously, there are concerns that they can give up long, grinding drives that hurt them. And a better opponent, let's say USC this week, might be able to take advantage of that. But at the same time, I have seen in the last uh, two two out of the three games that BYU's played recently, I'm going to throw Idaho State to the side because they're an FCS opponent that you're supposed to boat race. But you look at the uh, Virginia game. You also look at the Georgia Southern game. BYU... They struggled in the first half defensively. They tried to find answers, make sure they were on the same page. But they went to the locker room and they came out in the second half. And what did they do? Put on a very, very good defensive showing. And Blair Red, a good friend of ours, in the post game when I reached out on social media for your guys' post game comments, he made that exact comment. Uh, Blair, you can find him at Red Coach. He says, much like the Virginia game, second half adjustments were elite. I agree with them. I'm not going to sit here and try and defend the Eliza Tuiaki's honor and stump for him, but you've got to admit, and I know that Eliza Tuiaki is a lightning rod for BYU fans. I, I completely understand that, but BYU's defense did their job. When you hold an opponent to 17 points, you hold them under 300 yards, you have done a very good job. I don't care the level of opponent you're facing off against. That's a very good defensive showing for BYU. That makes me a Elisa Tuiaki defender, however you want to term it, then so be it. But I thought it was an impressive defensive outing for BYU. BYU's offense, I think, left a few things to be desired. They came into this game, speaking of BYU, you very much could tell they were planning on testing this Georgia Southern passing defense. In the preview edition I did on Friday, Georgia Southern was 126th out of 130 teams in pass defense. I don't blame Aaron Roderick and the brain trust of BYU's offense, Fessy Satake, etc., for thinking, okay, we're going to come out and we're going to just throw the ball down the field and we're going to test these guys. The nice part is they hit a lot. Jaron Hall, 17 completions on 29 attempts, 312 yards. His passer rating, a QB rating, excuse me, 58.7. It's okay. His completion percentage of 59%, a little lower than you would have liked, but BYU was intent on making sure that they picked up chunk yardage down on the field, but when they needed to, late in the game, when they needed to just grind the clock, what did they do? They turned around and handed to old reliable Tyler Algier. He gets his fifth 100-yard game of the season, carrying it 25 times in all for 136 yards and a touchdown. That's exactly what you wanted to see. I know some of you said, why aren't they handing it off to Jaron Moore? Coaching staffs are allowed to have different game plans, folks. Let's also be clear about that. And I thought that BYU, they realized that Georgia Southern was absolutely atrocious in pass defense, and they went after it. Did Georgia Southern hold up maybe a little better than BYU maybe anticipated? 
Sure, I, I guess you could go with that, but Jaron Hall still went over 300 yards. BYU's team went over 500 yards. Gunnar Romney, 87 yards in his return to the lineup. Puka Nakua, two touchdowns, 83 yards. Samson Nakua, 68 yards. It was a very balanced performance for BYU offensively, and I... <laughs> I don't really have much to harp on on that. I rewatched the game, watching the film, and BYU's offense, I think, functioned exactly how it, just based on what I understand, what I saw on the tape, is that they were intent on really pushing the ball down the field. They felt like Georgia Southern was weak in their defensive secondary. They had elite receivers that could beat these guys, and they decided we're going to push it down the field, and it worked. BYU doubled up Georgia Southern. Could they have added another touchdown? Absolutely. And trust me, with the hijinks that uh, Georgia Southern tried late in the game, the whole uh, ripping off Joe Tukawafu's helmet when BYU's kneeling the ball, <laughs> the fact that Kalani Sataka didn't say, screw it, let's punch it in there, I wouldn't have blamed him one bit. But as I said on Twitter, Kalani Sataka is a better man than I. But he's a saint. And that type of stuff, I don't stand for that garbage. And this is Bush League stuff that Georgia Southern tried to pull. It's the same type of crap that Coastal Carolina pulled last year. If if Sunbelt teams want to play this way, they want that reputation, good for them. Never play them again. I'm serious. I'm saying this right now. If Sunbelt teams want to play Bush League type football and try to push the envelope, push the edge, that type of stuff, don't ever play them again. The nice part is BYU is going into to the Big 12 and the likes of Georgia Southern and traveling to places like that, they're dead. They're never going to happen again. So it's just I don't stand for that garbage. I, I, I played the game in high school. I've seen it too often with stuff like that. And the evidence now with back-to-back years with Coastal Carolina trying that garbage, you all can think back to when Zach Wilson was getting absolutely mauled on the field. And then you see this with Joe Tukuafu and some other guys. Samson Akua getting shoved and then Puka getting into the fray. By the way, Puka, way to stand up for your brother. I'll, I'll give him that. But this is just Bush League tactics that some belt teams want to play with. If that's the type of reputation this conference wants, those teams in that conference want, good for them. BYU held their composure together. And by the way, throwing burritos at BYU on the sideline, this that's not what you want your fan base to be known for. So it's just, it's so weird. These, I, I, and I don't get it. Maybe they're just new young fan bases who haven't matured and they have some uh, real interesting 10 percenters, as I think most people like to call them. But it's just that type of stuff I don't stand for. it. So I'm glad BYU got out of there with the victory. Uh, no major injuries, it seems like. And now they get ready for USC. We'll preview that game all week long, get you ready for the Trojans on Saturday night. Looking forward to that one. Uh, BYU, according to our friends over at betonline.ag, is opened up as a 6.5-point favorites, nearly touchdown favorites on the road down there in the Coliseum. Seems about right to me. I know that uh, USC got absolutely crushed by UCLA. That's a team that's just playing out the street here. BYU should be fairly confident going to LA and thinking, okay, we're getting our 10th win. You guys are just going to have to slow down and just wait for us to get there and we can play this game. But I, I think that BYU is going to have a double-digit win season. They're going to go 6-1 and one versus the Power 5 and you will not be able to say boo, I feel like, about BYU's record over the past two years. Is that going to bring increased attention on Kalani Sitake and his coaching staff with regards to coaching rumors considering now Florida's fired Dan Mullen, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to bring more attention to uh, potentially Kailani Satake getting offers from other suitors. But the 2020 season, so many people panned it to the side and said, well, that was just a byproduct of you guys not playing a Power 5 team. We'll see how you actually do. 
you go six and one versus the power five. Jaron Hall, he already has this. He already has the most wins as a BYU quarterback against power five competition. You go out and go six and one versus the power five in 2021. Nobody can take it away and say that it was a fluke what BYU did in 2020. You backed it up. You went double-digit wins for a second straight year. And by the way, you played seven Power 5 teams in that stretch. Most Power 5 conferences right now are playing eight conference games. So essentially, you played a conference-type season. You went 6-1 and one against it. That is the mark of a very good football team. And I'm looking forward to seeing BYU Saturday night under the lights in the Coliseum. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll flip gears, talk a little BYU basketball. They are 4-0 on the season. What to make of their game against Central Methodist on Saturday. They're getting ready for Texas Southern on Wednesday night. We'll dig into all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic like myself, you might want to check this out because it's daily fantasy made easy and they have the most college football props of anybody in the world and they offer all the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. It's really simple. They're a leader in college sports daily fantasy. All you do is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projected numbers and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry and it's just you versus those projected numbers. Price Picks also does allow a mixed sport entry so you can take the over on a LeBron James and maybe an elbow that he threw last night or uh, you also combine that with Patrick Mahomes standing out for the Kansas City Chiefs along with the college realm. You can check it out. Use their award-winning app you can download it on your app store or you can go to their website pricepicks.com like I said, they got any prop you can think of, yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So give it a shot, folks. Go to pricepicks.com. While you're there, when you make your first deposit, you can get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100 just by using the promo code Locked On. Really simple. Take advantage of it now. And the best part is your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that simple and easy. PricePicks is safe and offers fast withdrawals as well. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On. Or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. What I love about All Guard Pest Control is they are the best of the best, and they are a local company to boot. Based in Utah County, founded by Seth Baird, and he is the owner of the company, and he wants nothing more than to be your resource when it comes to your pest control needs. Whether you have residential or commercial pest control needs, All Guard can handle it all for you guys, and they'll handle it in a professional manner and make sure that your problems are abated and they never come back. That's what I love about it. They've been taking care of my home for three years now, and I've thrown everything I can throw at them. I've had a vermin issue. I had mice for a little while there. I've had ants, wasps. Man, I had some spider issues. All of them handled professionally, quickly, and the best part is I haven't seen them come back. That's the mark of a great company. You can go online and look, uh, Google All Guard Pest Control, and all you're going to find is five-star reviews up and down the board. This is a great company based in Utah County, excuse me, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front Corridor. If you happen to live in the Wasatch County or Tooele County areas, they're happy to come out there as well. They will travel to you to make sure that you are taken care of. Feel free to give them a call anytime you need their services, 801 801- 851-1812 is their phone number, 801-851-1812, or go to their website. They have a really cool feature where you actually can look up the pest issues you're dealing with. It'll give you things to look for, some things you may try to abate it yourself. You can find all of that at allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S.com, or give them that call once again, phone number 801-851-1812. Make sure to tell them the Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you give them that call. Thank <laughs> you.
Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there and looking to get on YouTube here in the relatively near future if my schedule ever decides to slow down. It's just been a crazy, crazy football season. And many of you know, of course, I, I do radio in my day job, I do the podcasting on the side. It's been a busy busy fall. I can tell you that much, but I'm excited to have Thanksgiving week here. And I uh, just kind of a heads up for you guys in terms of scheduling. We will do episodes. So today's the Monday edition. Tomorrow we'll do a Tuesday edition. We will do Wednesday. We'll take Thursday off, but we will return on Friday. Black Friday, we'll do our preview edition ahead of the USC game. So we'll have you ready for BYU and the Trojans Saturday night, but there will be no Thursday edition. Once you guys enjoy the time with your family and friends, whether you're having a Friendsgiving, a traditional Thanksgiving, or just doing your own thing. I hope you guys have a great holiday. It's a great time of year. I love this time of year. Uh, I'm a Christmas Christmas music for me starts November 1st. I know that's technically still Thanksgiving season, but this is just a great time of year. It's great to be around your family and friends. So one other thing about on that front, actually, I probably should mention this right off the top, is when you guys are with your family and friends who might also be Cougar fans and looking for daily BYU content, well, I want to encourage you guys to share this with your family and friends. Tell them it's a daily podcast, getting you up to speed on everything you need to know about the Cougars every single day, Monday through Friday, and it's free. That's the best part about it. So thank you for your support. And I just request you share with three of your friends. Uh, Do that. And hopefully we'll continue to build this audience. We've had an incredible explosion of growth this year and obviously looking to continue to build that. I'd love nothing more, by the way, than to have 60 plus thousand BYU fans who invade Lavelle Edwards Stadium every time there's a home game for BYU. Listen to this podcast every day. It would just make my world go round. Uh, I respect all of you. There are thousands of you who listen to this every day every single day. And it makes my day when you guys reach out. It truly does. And I can't thank you guys enough. And that's the funny thing is it's the thankful season. Well, I'm thankful for all of you for your support of this podcast because it's a hell of a lot of fun to do. I can tell you that much. All right. Now enough gushing about that. Let's talk a little BYU basketball. The Cougars are now 4-0 and on the season, expecting at some point today, Monday, that they will be ranked in the AP poll top 25. That's what happens when you start with a very, very impressive trio of wins. The Cougars obviously beating Cleveland State, then beating San Diego State, and the absolute demolition of number 12, Oregon. I think BYU will be a top 20 team whenever that AP poll drops. Usually it drops kind of that noon to 1 p.m. mountain time range. Well, the Cougars got to 4-0 Saturday night with a 97-61 victory over the Central Methodist Eagles, an NAIA school. And by the way, uh, you guys had an incredible response, lack of response on winning those tickets for the first 24 hours I threw out those questions. Well, when I threw it out again on on Friday, a number of you responded, but hope you guys will continue to enter to win. We will have a pair of tickets for the Texas Southern game on Wednesday night. Uh, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show and get you those tickets. We have an opportunity to win there. But the Central Methodist game, it was what you expected from BYU. They went out there. They took care of an NAIA school. It's one of those uh, games that you kind of schedule in there to take a breather uh, figuratively and literally in certain cases. But nice to see BYU just able to cruise to a victory. The nice part was six Cougars, if I'm not mistaken, were in double digits point-wise. Caleb Lohner had the big night. Eight of ten from the field in just 18 minutes. Scored 19 points. Also had seven rebounds. A really, really nice performance for him. What I love about Caleb Lohner, by the way, let me just, uh, we'll talk more about this game in just a moment. One thing I love about Caleb Lohner is he doesn't have 
any particular way that he has to get his contributions, if that makes sense. He's a versatile player. He can score. He can rebound. He can dish it out. I actually really like T. John Lucas. Just two points in this game. He shot one of eight, so he was not shooting well, but he did dish out seven assists. He realized, okay, this is not my night shooting. I'm going to team my teammates up, and that's what he did. Alex Barcelo, a nice 16-point performance in just 21 minutes of action. The nice part was the highest minutes played in this game belonged to Gideon George and Seneca Knight, and they just played 24 minutes. It was a great night to get a lot of guys a lot of time and let a lot of guys just kind of take some rest on their legs. We didn't say, see Fusini Traore playing in this game. I'm hoping that it's nothing serious with regards to his injury, but he was limping towards the end of that Oregon game. It sounds like the initial reports, based on things I was just reading on social media, is that he took some time off, and it's more of a precautionary measure than anything super serious. I would expect if he's feeling up to it, he'll play against Texas Southern on Wednesday, but Texas Southern, they're 0-4 on the season. BYU's played them a number of times in recent seasons. This is a team that they go on the road a lot during the non-conference portion of of the season to uh, get funds for their athletic department. They essentially are a traveling band, it feels like. I, I remember one year, a couple years ago, where I think they played 16 non-conference games and every single one of them was on the road. That's no way to really build a basketball program, but when you need the funds and you can get paydays for playing at somebody else's arena, I get why you would do it, but they are going to come into this game 0-4, and it should be 5-0 for BYU as they head to Salt Lake City Saturday to take on the University of Utah, who, by the way, University of Utah playing some good hoop right now under their new uh, coaching staff up there in Salt Lake City. We'll talk more about that on Friday's edition of the podcast, but this was a win for BYU over Central Methodist. that You expected them to just go out there and control the tempo, control the pace, control just how they were operating as a team, and that's exactly what they did. You bring in these type of opponents because you're going to go out there and just run them into the ground, and that's what they did. Central Methodist, their coach, by the way, if you did not see on social media, just absolutely floored at the facilities of the Marriott Center. Uh, I think I heard on BYU TV uh, Dave McCann and uh, Blaine Fowler saying that they actually we're going to have uh, take an extra day before traveling back to Missouri, uh, where their base, their university is based there. They're actually going to spend an extra day in Utah to enjoy the sights. I don't blame them one bit, but they came in, they got their butts kicked, and on they go. But BYU now four and zero on the season. I, like I said, it was just it was a nice way to watch BYU get a lot of guys a lot of playing time. You saw uh, guys like Hunter Erickson, uh, Trey Stewart their first action in a BYU uniform this season. I don't recall either of them playing uh, BYU could have put up 100 points in this game, but they called off the dogs late. and it, it was just, it's one of those games that you, after three straight games against NCAA caliber teams, NCAA tournament caliber teams, you take a game like this to take a breath, Texas Southern to that same degree, and then you kind of jump back in with what appears to be, and this is one thing just to keep note of, is that the in-state schools right now in basketball, very, very good. Because once BYU takes on Texas Southern, their next two games are on the road at Utah and at UVU. Then they go to Missouri State, who was also an NCAA tournament team last year and is considered to be an NCAA tournament caliber team. And then you got Utah State. All four of those teams very good. Then you got Creighton. Then you got Weber. The one uh, that I look at and say, okay, maybe that's going to be a little different. It was when you finally get over to the Diamond Head Classic and play against uh, South Florida over there in Hawaii. But 
The run upcoming for BYU after they take on Texas Southern, some very interesting contests ahead. And the nice part is some very good competition for BYU to prove themselves against and continue to keep themselves really engaged. This is not a non-conference slate for BYU this year, folks. The BYU is just going to waltz through and then they're going to get into West Coast Conference play and suddenly Gonzaga is going to punch him in the mouth. BYU's testing themselves, and they have tested themselves, and they should be very battle-hardened by the time they finally face off against Gonzaga, the first matchup of which comes January 13th. I know it's ways off in the distance, but it's coming quick, faster than you might think. But BYU, I like really how things are laying out right now schedule-wise. And the nice part is the in-state opponents that BYU's got on their schedule, Utah State, Weaver State, UVU, and Utah, off to pretty solid starts in their own right. So in-state hoops this year could be an absolute battle and could actually prove to be uh, more of a good tune-up for BYU, whereas in past years it seems like it was just more of a layup that you were just trying to get through. So some good news on the basketball front for BYU. Now coming up next, we need to talk about championships. Cross-country, women's volleyball, a big weekend across the board for BYU sports. We'll recap all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you've not tried a Built Bar, I would encourage you to do so because I truly believe they are the best-tasting protein bars that I have ever had. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up anybody's skirt. I'm not trying to uh, just bluster my way through an ad because I'm required to. I truly love Built Bars. The best part about Built Bars is they are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, but high protein so all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious and the best part is they got a ton of different flavors what i love about built bars is they taste as close to a candy bar in protein bar form that you will find covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and straight up they're delicious so i want you guys to give them a shot but more importantly when you support built bar you're supporting byu football players via a name image and likeness agreement they have with all 123 byu football players when you place your orders at built bar you are contributing directly to putting money in in the pocket of BYU's football players. That is a really cool thing I think Cougar fans can get behind. So uh, if you want to support BYU football, support our friends at Built Bar, go to Built.com right now and place your order there. While you're there, we'll save you some cash on your end using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. One more time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means football. And nothing goes better with football and turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday long, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving and holiday season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKED ON. Once again, the promo code LOCKED ON received that 50% welcome bonus. And that's just not it. It's just not, not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at BetOnline as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That's BetOnline. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, let's wrap up the weekend and other BYU sports for you guys, let you know exactly what you need to know about. And we'll start off with men's and women's cross country. Congratulations are in order. And I guess the biggest congratulations we can muster here on the podcast to both Whitney Orton as well as Connor Mance on winning the individual NCAA national championships down there in Tallahassee, Florida, the NCAA cross country championships. Really, really cool to see both of them winning. For Mance, it is his back 
back-to-back. Uh, he won last year the individual title for Whitney Orton. It's an absolutely incredible story. She's from the tiny town of Pingwich, Utah. And those of you who know where Pingwich is know how small it is. But for her to have accomplished and become the queen, I guess you'd call it, of the cross-country realm in NCAA sports, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishment. And congratulations to her. She led BYU as a team to a runner-up finish in the NCAA championships. They were trying to repeat as NCAA champions, but really, really cool to see the Cougars. Uh, They finished second behind NC State, who was the favorite going into the race, but just congratulations to Whitney Warren. That's an incredible showing. She won the race with a time of 19 minutes, 25.4 seconds. Uh, three Cougars were in the top 40. Anna Camp Bennett in 12th place and Aubrey Frethenway at, in 38th place. So as a team, not their finest showing, but still an absolutely incredible accomplishment for Whitney Orton to win that title. And as I mentioned, Connor Mance winning back-to-back uh, titles, defending his national titles. He ran away. Um, by the way, if you did not see the final stretch of this race, he just took off and left everybody in his dust. He clocked a personal best and a course record 10K time of 28 minutes, 33.1 seconds in route to becoming BYU's fourth individual national title in team history. He now owns half of those, obviously, winning uh, last year. He's now the 11th athlete in the 83 history of the NCAA men's cross country to win a second championship for himself. He's also the first individual repeat winner since Edward Cesarek. I hopefully I got that right, of Oregon in 2014 and 2015. As a team, BYU finished a little bit of a disappointing seventh in the race, but Connor Mance, really, really phenomenal showing. Uh, Wesley Kip, too, one of his chief rivals, finished in second place, but he beat him by a full five seconds. Absolutely incredible. Casey Klinger was in eighth place for BYU, so nice top ten showing for him, but as a team, as I mentioned, finishing seventh, not so good. Northern Arizona won the team title once again to hoist the trophy there, but it doesn't take away the individual accomplishments that are in Provo for both uh, Whitney Orton and Connor Mance. Now, other notes for you guys I include BYU women's volleyball. They clinched the West Coast Conference title with a three sets to one victory over St. Mary's. Cougars ranked fourth in the country, crushed the Gales 25 17, 25 15, 19 25, 25 to 14 on the road to clinch the WCC title. It sure looks like they're going to be a top seed when it comes to the NCAA tournament when that field is announced here in a week or so, and for good reason. They've been absolutely dominant this year and they are just killing it they have one more match remaining they're going to take on san diego later this week but man it's just uh so let's look at this let me break this down for you guys this is byu's second year in a row winning the west coast conference title during head coach heather olmstead's seven season run it's the sixth wcc title this team has won they're on a 20-match win streak. They're 27-1 and overall. They're 17-0 in the West Coast Conference. There's no reason to think they aren't going to go 18-0 and this year when they take on uh, San Diego, who's ranked 23rd in the Jenny Craig Pavilion. That takes place Tuesday, so tomorrow at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. But just a phenomenal accomplishment for the women's, uh, uh, not cross-country, women's volleyball team just winning. There's a lot of winning going on at BYU, and that should be really really fun. Final thing for you guys here is that a BYU women's soccer, they do not want to be left out of this. The f- number four seed, they beat Virginia, got some revenge after losing to them in the spring. They beat Virginia in Charlottesville 1-0 uh, to advance to the regional final, or what we call the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. It is the fourth time 
They've advanced to the Elite Eight. Uh, they did that in 2003, 2012, 2019, and now in 2021. So congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood. Uh, the Cougars are expected uh, to take on the winner. It was the winner of South Carolina and Penn State. I believe South Carolina won that match. It's going to uh, take place in Provo. The Elite Eight is coming to Provo, Utah, with an opportunity to make it to the Final Four. When BYU is playing at Southfield, they've been absolutely dominant by and large this year. So... BYU could be punching their ticket for a chance to win a national championship when they take on South Carolina and looking forward to that. It's a huge opportunity for the Cougars and we'll obviously have more on that once they set the time and date of that. We have not seen that quite yet as a recording of this podcast. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Once again, my apologies for the lack of a postcast edition of the show, but we'll get back to that. I've kind of resolved, I think, all the issues that I can envision we'll see going forward. So we'll have a postcast early next Sunday to wrap up the regular season for BYU after they take on USC but we'll get you ready all this week for that matchup between the Cougars and the Trojans. BYU looking for win number 10 on the season. Absolutely incredible storylines going into that one and we'll talk about those all week long here on the podcast. So hope you guys are all doing great out there wherever you might be and thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Now I want to encourage you guys to go make Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. Doing a great job over there. Our friend Josh neighbors getting you up to speed on BYU's new conference home in 30 minutes or less check it out it is free and available on all podcasting platforms all right that'll do it have a good one this has been the locked on cougars podcast November 22nd 2020